I just want to say what a privilege it is to gather together on the very first day of 2023. I can't think of a better way to start the year than together with God's family, worshipping our God and just praising Him and gathering around the Word together. It is an absolute honour, an absolute honour and privilege for me. Um, thank you, Dave, for your support, because I, I don't find this easy <laughs> to get up and, and to talk, but here we are, and God is good. So I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, God, we have just spent a wonderful time in worship, welcoming you into this place, God, and we thank you that your presence is here. Lord, would you please speak to us from your word today? Would you touch our hearts? Would you um, teach us the things that we need to know, God, and would you speak to us? individually, Lord. And above all else, would you be glorified, God? Please, Lord, just give me strength as I bring this word and all honour and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So before I go any further, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. I might just ask, Dave is going to India today, which is, that's big for us. We've never, um, as a family, Dave and I have been married for 15 years. We've never been more than two days apart. And that was usually babies in hospital, so <laughs> he was still visiting. But he's going today. I was going to ask maybe Pastor Sid and Dave Hill if you wouldn't mind coming and praying for him before we go any further in the... Because he's going to leave straight away. Thank you so much. A privilege to pay for him, eh? <laughs> On his first mission trip. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Let's just raise your hands toward him. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this man of God. Father, as he takes the word to India, as a, as, a, as a new experience, Lord, that would be there. Father, you would bless him, watch over him, give him safe uh, journeys, Lord, through that time. And Lord, I know that in that time that you will teach his men so much. Father, we thank you that we go to be a blessing. But Lord, I know from experience, Lord, that you bless us yeah. even more. Bless him on his way, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray also for Joel and the kids that, Father, you would watch over them, that uh, there would be no um, things that would sort of um, be of concern, just a great time of joy. And, Father, we just pray that you take all worries from Joel and concerns in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you, bro. Oh, I might need that, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So, I never know how to... Oh, there it is. I never know how to... All right. Thank you. All right. Now I can officially get started. <laughs> so, Happy New Year. Uh, I thought that it would be really um, beneficial to speak on a topic to start the, the year, one that you might not think is a great topic for the very first day of 2023, but I want to speak on failure. <laughs> failure. As someone who has failed many, many times, I want to talk about failure because I don't know if there's anyone else here like me, but sort of the end of December, as soon as Christmas finishes, that those days between... Christmas and New Year's, which is like no man's land when everyone's, what's happening, what day is it, do I keep eating Christmas food, do I put it away, do I start my diet, do I not, I don't know. I start to get this real urge to come out, that comes over me that I just, I have all these resolutions, this is it, this is my new beginning, the new year is approaching and 
everything that I failed in this last year, I'm going to do better in this year. And I suddenly feel the urge to purge. I've got so many, you know, garbage bags and things. I'm going through the house and trying to set up and get organised. And I make a lot of goals and I make a lot of resolutions. Does anybody else do that? Or is it... Yeah? Okay, there's at least a couple. I Thank you. I appreciate your support. <laughs> um, now... New Year's resolutions are great. There's nothing wrong with them. I've made some for this year myself, personally. It's fantastic to set goals, to make plans. It's part of a healthy mindset to look forward to the future. But if I'm honest, many, if not most, of my New Year's resolutions in the past have not gone perfectly to plan. Uh, sometimes they've been a little bumpy. Sometimes they've been absolutely terrible. And I'm not alone. I'm in good company because I looked this up. I went and looked at some statistics. According to one study, out of 41% of people who were recorded as making New Year's resolutions, only 9% felt that they were successful at the end of the year in keeping them. Statistics show that after one week, only 75% of people are still going with their resolutions. Wow, seven days later. 25% fallen off the wagon already. After two weeks, we're down to 71%. After one month, 64%. After six months, 46%. So after six months, less than half of the people who started out have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. And I think we, went, we were left with 9% by 12 months. So reasons for failure were unrealistic goals, not keeping track of progress, Forgetting about the resolutions in the first place, that's a big one, and having too many resolutions. Here's the thing, we as people, we as human beings, we fail, we do, we fail all the time. I fail every single day in some way or another. As hard as I try and as good as my intentions are, I fail. Paul, in the book of Romans, tells us his feelings on failure because he felt like he failed a lot too. Again, we're in good company here. Romans chapter 7 verse 18 says, this is Paul speaking, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is the sin living in me that does it. That is me all the time. God, I don't want to yell at my kids, but I do. God, I want to be a patient person, but I'm not. And I have all these good intentions and my heart is going in the right place because I love God and I, I want to be in his ways. And yet my flesh fails me many, many times. Many, many prominent people that we read about in the Bible failed. And they didn't just fail, they failed epically. And I think God puts them in there to make us all feel a bit better about ourselves. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read, it's an interesting title because it's the heroes of the faith, right? And yet every single person we read about who is listed as a hero of the faith failed really badly like in one way or another. Abraham lied about his wife, said it was his sister, which is somewhat, and almost gave her away to someone else until God literally had to walk in his room at night and shake his bed and say, what is wrong with you? 
right? He almost gave his wife away and he lied. Sarah laughed at God when he told her, you're going to have a baby. She laughed at him, didn't believe him. Isaac also lied about his wife. It must have been a family thing. Jacob lied and stole his brother's birthright. That was mean. That was very mean. Noah got drunk. Samson gave his secret away to Delilah. Gideon was full of fear and needed God to confirm and confirm and confirm. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair and then organised a murder to cover it up. Jonah ran away from God and then he got mad at God for being merciful. Makes us feel a bit better, doesn't it, (laughs) about ourselves? Out of all of those failures, and there are more examples, none of them, not one, is mentioned in this, in this list. In fact, it's quite the opposite. As I said, all of these people are listed as heroes of the faith, not the biggest failures in the Bible. Heroes of the faith. Why did God have the author of Hebrews write about these men and women in this way? Why didn't he have them write about their failures? I believe it's because these people are examples of God's great mercy and faithfulness. These people, just like us, are examples of what happens when an imperfect person becomes a vessel for the only perfect one, and that's God. When God works through us, No matter how faulty we may be, he turns our life into a life for his glory. Failures and all, he can use everything. When we fail, and we will fail, I guarantee it, if we are living for Jesus, then we can fail forward. We can fall down in a forwards direction and get back up and fall down and get back up. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, the godly man, oh sorry, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. When we follow God, we will fall down. We will. This is part of our human state. We will fall. We will fail. But when we have him, we just get back up again and we keep going because we're walking with him, arm in arm, walking with our God. Let's look at some other scriptures that talk about a godly man or woman failing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down but we're not destroyed. We get knocked down but we're not destroyed. We're not, we're not counted out. We get back up again because he strengthens us. Psalm 119 verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. How many times have I done something that it, it was the wrong thing to do and I felt that, that deep conviction and I've had to learn from the consequences of my sin and yet I have learnt and it was good for me that I went through that because at the end of the day, it drew me closer to Jesus. It was part of my sanctification process with the Lord. I needed to fail in order to realise his grace. I needed to fail in order to hear his voice more clearly the next time I'm in a situation like that. As people of God, we have to understand that we're going to fail, but that does not disqualify us from God. We were never good enough to get to God in the first place. 
We were never good enough to get to him on our own. And it's only by his grace that we were saved. And it's only by his grace that we stay saved. There's nothing that we can do to make us better or closer. Of course, of course, we have a relationship with God. That's for your benefit. But as far as your salvation, you were bought with the price of his blood. And there's nothing more powerful than that. No amount of good deeds or tricks or ticks in the boxes can make you closer to God. Only he can. We're close to God because of his mercy, because he first loved us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. God's mercy is new for us every single morning. I love this, this scripture. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. His mercies never come to an end. They don't finish in 2022. It's not like they're not here for 2023. In fact, they were here every single day of 2022. And they'll be here every single day of 2023. Because of God's great love and mercy... When we as Christians first surrendered to him, when we confessed our sins and we repented of our ways, he washed us, he cleansed us, and he restored us to him. He made us a brand new creation, which comes back to our first verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ... There is no other way to be that brand new creation. There is no other way to live with your sins washed away. Even when we fail, we're a brand new creation in him. But it's only through Christ. It can't be through any other religion. It can't be through any new age sort of thing. It can't be through your own good deeds. It doesn't matter how good of a person I think I am. It's only through Christ that I am that new creation. So make your New Year's resolutions. Or don't, it's up to you. We should always try our best. We should always try to live the way God teaches us by his word. And that's why we have his Holy Spirit, because we can't do it on our own. But with his Holy Spirit with us, walking with us every single day, he makes it possible and his grace is always there. That is something that I had to learn, and I am still learning a lesson in my own life personally, is God's grace is there in the moment And sometimes, you know, it's that battle between the flesh and the spirit of how I'm going to react to a situation. And sometimes I have just felt like it's too hard and I've reacted in the flesh. And then I look back, you know, when everything's settled down and I'm like, no, his grace was there for the right decision. I just didn't do it. I didn't do it. It, it, Again, it would have been a, a place of surrender for me to surrender to my flesh and to take up his cross to take up my cross and to follow him with his spirit. So he makes it possible. We fail utterly, totally on our own. But with him, we don't have to fail. But when we do fail, he's merciful and he's there for us. So we're not cut off from him. We're not back to our formal sinful selves. Just like that butterfly. We don't go back to being the caterpillar. Just like that delicious, buttery, salty popcorn. We don't go back to being that hard kernel of corn. 
because he made us a brand new creation. For example, when I married David, my name changed. So I used to be Joel Haynes. It was a really easy last name, Haynes. Hardly anyone got it wrong. It's so easy. No one asked me how to spell it. It was just really simple. And then I decided to marry a Polish man, and his name is Wrotniak. We say Wrotniak. And I have to spell it to everyone. Nobody gets it. And when I became an Australian citizen, finally, which took me so long, they pronounced my name Josel Wozniacki or something like that. It wasn't even close, but they were looking at Joel right now. I'm like, am I even a citizen? Because you didn't say my name properly. I don't even know. But that's completely beside the point. But I became Joel Rotniak. Now, do you think that in the last 15 years of our marriage, I haven't failed? I haven't done things or said things to hurt Dave or him to hurt me? We've had our problems. We've had our ups and downs. My flesh has risen up many times and I haven't tapped into God's grace and I haven't lived by his spirit. And it's resulted in failure. It's resulted in mean words and arguments. And yet has my name ever changed back to Joel Haynes in those 15 years? No, never. I'm still Joel Rotniak, even after all my failures and the things I've done wrong. Because... Our covenant of marriage is stronger than my failures. I'm Joel Rotniak, rain, hail or shine. Our covenant of love and our commitment before God to each other overrules my failures. And I'm still Joel Rotniak. Of course, I say sorry for my mistakes. Of course, I learn from them. Of course, I do my best to not make them again. And I work on my relationship with Dave just like we should with our father, with God. But I'm still Joel Rotniak. doesn't matter how many times I fail. It's the same with our relationship with God. Once you have surrendered and come to full repentance, full repentance to, to Jesus, you are saved. You are marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. There's conviction there's absolutely conviction from the Holy Spirit. When we fail, when we sin, he will bring that to our attention. But just like Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, I, I read this once and it was such a powerful image. Jesus gave us two examples, with, with well, more than two, but the two I want to talk about with water. He was baptised himself, fully submerged in water, and he had his feet washed and he washed his disciples' feet. I, I, I like to think of it when we become a Christian for the first time, when we repent of our sins, it is like that full baptism in the water, right? But sometimes when we enter a house, we need to wash our feet because we've gotten dirty and we've had things of this world stick to us and it's been rough out there and we've said stuff or we've done stuff and our feet are dirty and we need to wash our feet again, have our feet washed that's the same with us, with our relationship with God. This doesn't mean we never apologise to God. It doesn't mean we never say we're sorry for our sins because we do. But your salvation hasn't been lost. You don't need to, again, put your hand up at church. You are saved. But just like I would come to Dave as my husband, I'm sorry I said that to you. I shouldn't have done that to you. I love you. I don't want to hurt you. It's the same with God. It's the same with us. So have your feet washed by him. Don't be condemned because there's no condemnation in him. There's only conviction and that's a beautiful thing. He convicts and disciplines those he loves because he loves us. 
So fail forward this year. Learn from our mistakes. Grow closer to Jesus with every mistake we make. As we learn his ways, remember we are covered by his mercy. Every day with God is like a New Year's Day. We get a fresh start every single day, which I am so grateful for. Be encouraged this year. My One of my New Year's resolutions is to try to remember God's love and mercy and grace for me each and every day. And I hope you will too. Amen.